0: Jazil Brothers with Indiku Tembisu And joining us in studio now is Dr. Numbasa saying, well, welcome to Lifetime Lives.
1: Thank you, Asanda. Beyond the spotlight,
0: uh, you are our spotlight today. No, thank you, really, to the listeners as well. My colleagues who are listening, family and friends. And they must call in (laughs) 891 and put you on the spot, literally, (laughs) as we've done uh, here. Okay, so let's talk about your journey, um, being, you know, a scientist and being trained as a scientist, but just going back into your upbringing Growing up in the Eastern Cape, uh, and Tengwa is actually a very familiar surname. I, I know there were like uh, famous Tengwas in Etheudja where I grew <laughs> Yo, up. My goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so where in the Eastern Cape did you do you grow up? Grow up? Well,
1: um, I was born and raised in Fort Milan, okay, and Jachongo, as they say, in, in Ciclosa, Uh which is in Etheudja, basically. So. Yeah. We are the Tenguas you probably know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but my childhood uh, was in Chachongo. And also my early primary schooling was there as well. So, yeah, that's my that's my joint, so to speak. Yeah. In
0: <laughs> high school, where was that?
1: Well, high school was St. John's College in okay. um, Tata. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, a different life in a little city, of course, yeah. from a rural uh, childhood, uh, as I said, or early childhood.
0: And how often do you go to the rurals? Oh, quite often.
1: I was there about three weeks ago.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, so you I have do me in your visit. bag. I haven't been home in so long. <laughs> so anyway I visit quite a lot because I've got an elderly mother okay, uh, yeah. who's not well. Mm. Uh, so we we are compelled to, to go back and touch base. Yeah. You know, and all the graves of the family are still there, so there's nothing that will take me away from Fort Milan or at at
0: my base. Yeah. Mm. Then the big city bug bit you. When did that happen? <laughs> when
1: I, I guess <laughs> when, when I was uh, starting high school for me, you know, city lights for the mm. first time, uh, and yeah, that is when I started. But I was living in a hostel uh, at school at St John's. Mm. Uh, but from there on, I mean, from high school. I was at the uh, University of Transgar, which is still Umtata. From there, you live in Johannesburg, uh, doing a little bit of studies here and there, mm-hmm. before I went uh, to the United States. So I've been with the big cities for quite some time now. Yeah. But but I prefer to be at home. In I the prefer rurals. the rurals, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, more. There's
0: something about that, isn't it?
1: Of course, something very coming. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, You know, you become yourself, of course.
0: Uh,
1: So, you know, I I come down when I walk into the gates of my home, knowing Mm. that my mom is there and knowing that my dad is lying, my late dad, of course, lying in the garden there. Mm. And I can walk and talk to him anytime I want to talk to him. But just being at home, uh, Mm. you go back to your roots. It brings brings back a lot of interesting memories and and, and, and reminding
0: you where you came from. Mm. So, professionally, then trained as a scientist uh, with a PhD in agronomy. When you go into the field of science, do you always know what which field you'll specify or specifically f- uh, focus on?
1: Well, I think in my case, um, it was quite interesting actually. That uh, it was a big bet with my dad, mm. uh, who had traditional ways of raising children, mm. where he believed that uh, his girl children could only be teachers. And his Mm. boy children could be scientists, go to university, and all of it. So for me, I think I was proving him wrong to say whatever I do is going to be science. (laughs) Just to prove him wrong. But in terms of what I was going to do in science, I wasn't too sure. But looking at myself uh, and the way I performed in high school, I knew it was not going to be mathematics and physics. Mm. That I was sure of. Um, and biology I was very good at, uh, and uh, it proved so even at uh, university. So that sort of, you know, guided me to say maybe in the biological sciences is mm. probably going to be my home. And uh, I really liked it and I did well in it. So it became uh, zoology and botany. Yeah. A major. Wow. Yeah. And so you did the studying of crops as well. Studying of crops, yeah, because the. The the, the honours degree was more in uh, plant physiology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I majored in, and I sort of continued with the plant um, side of biology
0: up until my PhD. Mm. Yeah. Well, you're in mining now, but would you go back to the agronomy and maybe come up with some pesticide or some some uh, you know innovative? I don't know something in agriculture and just to. To put us a step forward. Have you ever thought about that?
1: Of course, I did. It was amazing, actually, when I got to PhD and uh, biotechnology. Those those years was quite fresh mm. and, and 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 novel. Um, and when I did my research in genetic engineering of crops, mm. uh, which sort of allows you to get into the inner cells of the plant and actually manipulate the genetics in the plant to be or to withstand drought for example Mm. if you talk about maize because that is i worked a lot on 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 crops like maize Mm. um looking at uh, how do i ensure or come up with a a maize strain that will withstand african problems one of which was drought Mm. but as i was thinking about getting into the field and saying You know, how do I make this a business? You know, I don't really want to go into farming or stay in research. Mm. I was thinking about very interesting things you can do, such as uh, developing a carnation that glows in the dark, you know, for the lovers of this world. Mm. Um, Another one for me that was uh, a dream was a black rose for funerals. Um, mm. to say, you know, you can work on this wonderful uh, strain of of, of of rose. Don't you know. give
0: out all your ideas, though. I didn't mean yeah. for you to do it. So
1: those were wonderful <laughs> things. But, of yeah. course, I mean, I'm not in the field. If somebody can pick it up and run with it, you know, mm. you know, that would be great because I don't plan to go back to the laboratory, to be honest <laughs>
0: with you, uh, Asanda. That black rose one is very interesting. Amazing.
1: Amazing. Or even a square uh, tree, pine, you know, that can be used, you know, in, 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 in making furniture, mm. because, you know, if you look at uh, furniture making, you know, if you want to be in the paper making industry, the tree's round, and when you put it in the mills, you've got to cut it square. Yeah. Why don't you just grow that square, square tree to begin with? Mm. So those are the wonderful ideas that excited me as a young scientist, yeah. um, a researcher, those years, which I could
0: never fulfill. It's 16 minutes past two o'clock here on Lifetime Live chatting to Dr. Numbasa Tsengwa, Executive Head of Coal Operations at Exara Resources. She's our Beyond the Spotlight guest. So the STEM um, subjects are quite a challenge when it comes to female representation. Do you see yourself maybe playing a role in in changing that? I know you do mentorships as well. Uh, I know that's more on the mining side, though. Yes. How how can we get uh, more young girls in this space?
1: Well I think for me the uh, the issue of numbers uh, let me talk mining specifically the issue of numbers of women we are no longer in that space. I think we are seeing quite a few number of women are getting into universities mm. and that is as a result of mining companies for example uh putting in money and training uh youngsters putting them into university programs and the mining uh Uh, subjects. And that is quite um, progressing uh, very well. But now I think my role, given where I'm sitting, is to make the environment where women work. To be conducive uh, to make sure that we meet their needs and get the best out of young girls in mm. the working place. And it's something that I've done, uh, having gone into the mining industry, especially looking into the underground space in mining, which had always been very uh, limiting, you know, in terms mm. of women's strength fitting into the underground environment. Um, So, yes, I do see a lot of uh, potential, but think about the fourth industrial revolution and what it can actually present Mm. Uh, where women, and it's not about now having the physical strength, you know, feet arms for you to drive a drill underground you can actually do that remotely and uh, digitalize our Mm. operations so that women can sit in an office and actually run an operation uh, equally and competently with women and it's something that we're doing at at Zaro today Mm. we we're trying to uh, digitalize our operations so we're not going to have that excuse that uh, women cannot uh, participate but i spend a lot of my time asanda being accessible to young women uh, in the workplace, to share my experiences and this long journey behind me (laughs) Um, and being honest about some of the experiences that were not always the best. Some of the tough experiences I I, I experienced uh, where I have to look into myself and accept um, that actually I was not so good in this. Um, and having to grow further and and stretch myself. So I've enjoyed that. Mm. Um, I mean, I won't talk about men that I mentor because this is not Men's month. This is women's month. So yeah, this is something I enjoy and I hope to do even after I leave the workplace. You know, even adversities, I wish I could go and share mm. that which makes you successful uh, as an individual and um,
0: young girl to at least this level where I am today. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, we'll we'll take uh, uh, some, well, trips down memory lane in terms of you being in the government space. Then uh, after we take our short break, we'll continue chatting with Dr. Numbasa Tsengwa. Stay with us here on Lifetime Live. I'm Asanda Beda.
2: Here, there. And everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg
0: talking to Dr. Nombasa Tsengwa, Executive Head of Coal Operations at Exaura Resources. She's our Beyond the Spotlight guest. You can still call in 891 <clears> WhatsApp is 061-410-4107 and SMSs are 40938 at 150 per SMS. So then you went into civil service. Tell us what it was like working in the space of science for government and environmental things.
1: Yeah, a uh, very interesting time. <laughs> it was quite early in my career, yeah. um, a steep learning curve, I call it, mm. uh, because I got to learn to work uh, with a lot of people, a uh, lot of stakeholders, uh, managing many people mm. uh, in the department, uh, yeah. developing legislation and policy, understanding uh, if you're going to develop policy, you're not developing policy for yourself and your team. You are developing for the nation, mm. making sure that um, the science in that, because there was a lot of science in the environmental legislation, especially if you consider uh, legislation around air pollution control. Mm. Um, you have to consider a lot of science in terms of what could be the limits that you can allow the industry to pollute mm. without having a negative impact on the environment. Also, looking at climate change requirements, uh, which are global uh, agreements mm. uh, that the government had. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, lot of traveling, um, interacting with other governments within the United Nations, where we would negotiate the different um, uh, pacts or agreements uh, between countries. One of them would be the climate change negotiations, where I learned a lot of negotiation skills. Mm. Um, so a lot of activity, Uh, walking the passages of parliament, uh, dealing with politicians, uh, having to balance all of those interests. And I must say that um, my minister was a slave driver, Fali Musa. Mm. Uh, We really loved working with him because uh, he was a hard worker himself. Um, So we were always driven, uh, you know, always running and making sure that uh, we meet his expectations. Um, So yeah, a very interesting time full of lessons And being introduced uh, to that level of uh, seniority, because I was a deputy director general, Mm. a second in charge in the Mm. department, uh, even though we were several DDGs, but that's the level you have to operate, it's the executive level Mm. in government. So lots of lessons uh, in that three years I was in
0: government. And then you took those lessons into Xaro when you were headhunted then, and it was still Kumba at the time. Yes. So what was that like coming from that uh, civil service background, having learnt what you've learned, but then there's also that, you know, kind of difference in opinion with government and public sector in mining um, and what role you found yourself having to play then?
1: Yes, having uh, developed legislation, mm. uh, uh, the environmental legislation when I was in government, It's it's like theory. I mean, you've got this nice legislation, it's written very well. You can develop regulations from it. If you look at it, it fits in well within the constitution. You are happy with that, and then you you enforce it. Mm. Um, But, um, you know, the mining uh, industry gave me an opportunity to operationalize and execute the legislation because at the time I was um, appointed as the General Manager of Safety, Health and Environment Mm. for the group. Mm. Um, And the taste of, or let me say, the, the proof of a good legislation is in the implementation of it and making sure that you can translate it into procedures that a mind can take and execute. Mm. so that uh, we can minimize impacts to the environment. Um, And and I I think uh, the work that we did uh, really proved that you can actually change the standards. And that goes across even the kind of people that you bring in uh, to actually do this work uh, in the mining environment. In the mining environment at the time, was not known to be strong in environmental stewardship. Mm. Um, It was known to be ahead as far as safety is concerned, because safety is in your face. Um, Mm. And an engineer from another section could have moved into the safety department and do a great job. Um, You could get a doctor and the doctor who has got occupational health uh, experience to go and look after our employees. But the environmental skill wasn't there. Mm. So I needed to bring that skill, um, but making sure that, you know, we were in line with the law as far as, you know, uh, putting an environmental management uh, regime uh, across the group Mm. uh, that could see us reducing, you know, our air pollution Uh, That is uh, your carbon emissions intensity, uh, your water use intensity, and making sure that we rehabilitate um, the ground and almost leave it as close as we found it Mm. for the next generations to come. So that was really my drive when I left government. Mm. Um, and, and, And as I say, mining did not necessarily have the best uh, 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 reputation as far as environmental management is concerned and me going there knowing full well that I was once associated with legislation, yeah. we had to prove my, I had to prove myself to even my old colleagues that uh, we were really going to hold the standards up as, uh, as, as required.
0: Yeah, so on the Zaro's side you had to prove that you will be there to make sure there's, you know, safety and also profit and then on the government side with your former colleagues you had to prove that you would be environmentally aware. Absolutely, absolutely, because remember
1: our view, uh, which we told our colleagues uh, from my department in Exara, Kumba at the time, was that you cannot be profitable uh, in a sustainable way if you don't look after these other aspects. Mm. Uh, if, if you kill people uh, because your operations are not safe, you'll, all, you'll ever be getting new people and training people in skills. And obviously your people will not be uh, living in a sustainable home where there is a father, you know, mm. because the father is not there. Um, and, and we used to say that, uh, you know, if your environmental uh, standards are not good enough, you are not contributing to sustainability. Mm. I mean, people talk about this triple bottom line and we said it is very much uh, a part of... A profitable business it must be a value for you to have a sustainably pro- profitable business so yeah that those were the kind of things that we we're pushing uh, at the time and I think those principles have been bought very well by the company mm. um, and you can see our integrated report in terms of the results that we publish and you will see that Exaro does embrace the triple
0: bottom line
1: principles
0: So you've always been basically one of the few women in a male dominated sector and that boardroom. I can just imagine what goes on when you are like one or two or three females. What have you taken from that experience? And I suppose, well, this is what every woman says, that you have to work double as much as the (laughs) men to get half the much as as recognition and all of that. But just generally what, what you would say you've picked up, you've learned from it and taken away from that.
1: Um, It's probably still a process. I've I've been a a single female most of the time, Uh, as I said, even from honours class. By the time I got to the boardroom, there was nothing um, strange about it. Yes, it's glaring. Uh, It was in my face. In government, we had quite a few women, of course, as you would expect. But at I was the only female at that time who wasn't even an invited member to the executive when Mm -hmm. I arrived. Um, Very difficult uh, environment because you sort of hold back, you're not sure. Um, But I learned very quickly, uh, maybe because of the people I worked with, that all it required was that I am as competent as men are. Mm -hmm. That was very clear to me earlier on. And also to understand how do you work with men? Mm. Uh, men are not exactly like us, you know, they're, they're quite go getters. Um, and um, now you're going to lead them. You know? So for sure, if you're going to sit in the boardroom amongst other men, of course, amongst amongst men being a female, surely there are people you are leading. And most of them are men as well. And, and what I always tell people is that you've got to learn To respect men. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes you must understand how they work uh, but you need to respect them especially in areas which you have no knowledge because you're going to depend on them to teach you. And my experience has been mining, I was never a mining engineer by training. But, um, I had to rely on my team as mainly men in male engineers, yeah. to teach me mining, which yeah I, I I had to to learn. So it's about learning, it's about competence, it's about discipline, it's about being at it all the time, you yeah. know, so yeah, let's, so for me that's because that
0: I want to uh, expand on that because we need to take news headlines now before they kill me. it's fourteen thirty one Over to you, Uzile.
2: Lifetime live on SAFM.
0: And we're leading the Women's Month conversation with Dr. Nomba Satengwa, Executive Head of Call Operations at Exaro Resources. She's our Beyond the Spotlight guest. You can call us on 891 104 SMS 40938 at 150 per SMS. I did cut you off before the news headlines, and we're going to play the song that you chose as your favorite song. But I want us to just expand on, you know, how... As we talk about women empowerment and in the workplace how we place ourselves or advance ourselves the conversation is always that the men are that side and we are this side and there's a separation there and you bring a different perspective and an interesting one to say let's actually involve them in the conversation and talk about respecting them and giving them their place at the same time so that we can also find a way of navigating our way and empowering ourselves
1: yes because they've been there before you I mean if you're gonna isolate men you're isolating yourself And when we talk about uh, succeeding through teamwork, that includes the diversity you have uh, in the workplace, including them. Mm. And my experience has been when I really put them uh, first, as I say, in the spaces where they know better than me, I found them to have been the best to work with because they give you back. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really uh, share the information with you. You are not a threat to them. Mm. Um, And as I say, men are human beings. They they do want that respect as well. And and most of uh, my cheerleaders uh, in the workplace uh, those years, uh, and obviously uh, most recently, had been men. Mm. Uh, who are the first one to say that we like her to lead us. Uh, we are happy that she's leading us mm. because of this balance that I'm talking about. And, and also men like a person who who exert themselves into their work, uh, who who really want to know uh, because you you actually have to lead them from a knowledge base at the same time as much as you learn from them, um, you must bring something to the table, and you must know that very well. So yeah, it's it's a full-rounded professional uh, engagement that you must have with men, and 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 you then then work as partners.
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay. So let's play your song. This is by the OJs, and it's uh, titled "A Prayer." And then we'll talk about why you chose this particular song. <laughs>
2: Yes, I
0: do Okay, so that song um, by the OJ's A Prayer is the song you chose. Do you want us to talk about that now or uh, just take a caller who's calling us now?
1: We can take a caller.
0: Okay, so Litepe, welcome to uh, Lifetime Live, calling us from Sandton. Hi, good afternoon.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs)
3: Uh, no, I'm listening to your interview and I'm saying to myself, you know, I know it's Women's Month and in these days of uh, where male fishing has become a popular spot, it's very heartrending and exciting to hear a woman who at least sees something positive in men.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we cannot throw men away and entertain myself.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, they are useful idiots,
1: <laughs>
3: but, uh, <laughs> but, they, but 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 they do have their virtues as well.
1: Yeah, sure. I've got good friends, male friends. Yeah. I had a great dad. I have great brothers, so I know what is good in men. But uh, I think we need to nurture yeah.
3: that. I know. I mean, there are those out there who are messing up our reputation. But anyway, um, I'm 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 glad to hear you, and uh, talking on that uh, you know, on that basis. And also, you know, you having been in the men's environment as a female, I could I could imagine. I mean, you had to really accept yourself beyond measure because uh, you are you are just I mean, not on the basis of uh, your performance. You are just on the basis of your performance as a woman in a men's world, so called. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually so I call it not, our I world. I
3: to <laughs> call and congratulate you on your what I'll, I'll call what i'll call your 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 latitude.
0: You know. mm. Mm. thank you so much thank for you to myself appreciate it there's a few sms's that have come through as well but i just want to mention while we get there that uh, last year you won the standard bank business woman of the year congratulations for that mm. and what did that mean for you i mean also people like Litepe who who applaud you for all that you've done and just give you recognition
1: Well, it was a very humbling experience because I didn't expect it. A reason being that there are many women who were well deserving, Mm. uh, who could have easily received the award and it was me. Um, And and the fact that the nomination came from one of my team members, Mm. which was uh, in some way a a vote of confidence and giving me responsibility to continue to demonstrate uh, good qualities of being a, a,
0: a businesswoman. Um, so, yeah, it was it was such, such gratifying. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Let's read some SMSs now. Someone is asking if you are in LinkedIn because they want to uh, be mentored by you. And she's also asking, this is known to me. So uh, what is your take on having a crash around the mines for women to be able to work night shifts without a struggle? One biggest lesson to share about your career journey? I think we've kind of covered the, the lesson, but the, the uh, are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. Okay, and your it's handle there is—it's just my your name. Your name, yeah. All right, so Nandamiso, you'll find her on LinkedIn, and then your, your take on having a crash around the mines for those women who have to work night shifts. When you say crash, you mean to sleep? A crash, m- a, 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 a crash preschool. of
1: preschool. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I didn't understand that. Yeah, um, we're very open uh, to such suggestions. Uh, What we've done uh, as part of our social responsibility uh, investment has been to put schools around the areas where we mine. Mm. And there had been requests uh, from some of the mines. I know it, our Khrutakalak mine, which is quite a big mine in Limpopo, where women are putting together ideas of how we can actually uh, bring in a crash into the into the mine uh, campus, mm. and something that we really welcome but as I say we've invested quite a lot in, 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 in creating even uh, kindergartens um, I remember for example in, our, in one of our old mines in Chikondeni uh, we had all sorts of facilities because the village is so small mm. and it's, 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 it's resident to our own employees mm.
0: so yes we would very much be awesome. open to that all right, do you're calling us from Randfontein. Welcome to Lifetime Live.
2: Afternoon, you, my favorite
0: ladies. Thank you. De- <laughs> Afternoon.
2: <laughs> you know, you, I like your humbleness. And for transcending this fake and imaginary gender borders. De- 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 gender demarcations. You know, for, you know, for crushing this issue of us and them, complementarity, you say working together, we are not in competition across all genders. We complement one another. It's not us and them. There's no me without you, and there's no me, you without me. After me to you.
0: Yes. Thank you Thank so you much, Thank you, All right, thanks for your calls. Uh, And there's more SMSs that have come through. Can we just get to some of them? Everyone is basically just saying, you know, congratulations, and they appreciate you. Uh, You are, you know, inspiring. This one is from Musala. Says, uh hi, sister Asanda. I love your lady guest. She's meek, hence God has enlarged her territories. She is the genesis of prudent minds. Thanks for the informative slot. I'm feeding my one year old daughter. Oh, wonderful. That's what we want to hear. And then someone is asking, David is asking, how do you think issues regarding environmental liability of abandoned mines can be solved? Um Abundant mines are already abandoned,
1: um, so unfortunately, the state needs to take responsibility in terms of leading or holding uh, those um, uh, original owners responsible, and that's what the law says. Mm. So I think it has to be a very serious effort uh, from from government side. But um, the chamber, the, the, the chamber of mines, now known as the Minerals Council. Um, has a responsibility mm. uh, to work with government in ensuring that uh, we bring those who had transgressed uh, to book Um something else that is unfortunate some of these companies may no longer be existent and therefore you re- you may need to have some kind of a fund um, between government uh, maybe rent for a rent for that matter mm. uh, with the minerals council or the mining industry that we can even create jobs uh, in uh, rehabilitating these uh, old uh, mines uh, from that fund. But as I say, it's really dual responsibility for government to hold the industry responsible. Mm. And those who are no longer in, in, in business, we may have to find means um, led obviously by the
0: Minerals Council to address uh, these uh, uh, old mines. Yeah. We didn't actually even discuss the song. Let's talk about the song that you chose, A Prayer <laughs> by the OJs. Why do you love the song?
1: Well, I was raised by prayer. Yeah. Uh, my mother uh, was a very strong Noroi uh, in the Methodist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that, na- that
1: title in so long. <laughs> and, and she had been uh, very inspiring. Uh, she knew how to pray uh, yeah. to me. And... I could never know, I couldn't pray myself. My sister, Pumza, is, is also very good at praying. Mm. And, um, and all I'd always wanted was to ask God to teach me how to pray. Yeah. And I found this song to be so appropriate. And um, also, whenever I am down, this is a song that always picked me up. And, uh, you know, taking me closer to that which I valued the most mm. uh, when my mother wasn't there. And I said, ah, what would mom say when he's praying for me? Um, and I would always, as I say, you know, go on my knees and, and pray. And and this is the song that reminded me uh, to pray, to do it better, and asking God to teach me how to pray.
0: Mm. Wow. And the other thing you do as a, a, a thing to put your energies up is to run. You've done nine comrades. Nine comrades. And yes. you want to do the tenth with which I'm, will be your last. Yes,
1: I'm praying to do my tenth <laughs> before I get too old. <laughs> yes, I enjoy long distance running mm. um, and uh, it's been a very great discipline for me uh, to just get on the road on my takeies and spend a long time on the road Yeah, uh, where I could even run three hours if oh. you prepare for it, comrades on your own um, on the road on your own and it gives you space to think mm. And but most importantly I'm a people's person and in a race you run with people you know runners are such wonderful people uh, because they know that each mile you are together and you're not you know you're not a doctor on the road you know you're just yourself with the next person and that um, friendship uh, that i've made with a lot of runners and how is one of those things that i really miss and i'll go back for just that actually yeah, Dr. Yeah. Tseng, it's
0: been such a pleasure chatting to you on and off air because we've been having our own conversations. <laughs> when people have not been hearing us, but it's been so wonderful uh, uh, having you in studio. I'll you are on LinkedIn, so are you on the other uh, social media Facebook platform? as
1: well. I'm not on others. I'm not really good on on. on, on uh, Social media. Okay. But I'm going to tell your mom and dad. Yeah. That, uh, you interviewed me. <laughs> which is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Dr. Numba Satsangwa, Executive Head of collaborations Operations at Exaro Resources, our Beyond the Spotlight guest. Stay with us here on Lifetime Live.